0: Thank you for joining us. Welcome to The Hollywood Growler. The Hollywood Growler podcast brings you everything you need to know from the world of craft beer in Southern California and beyond. I am Connor Simpson and my partner is your host, Dan Kern. This is our fourth episode and we are very proud to be recording live today at Chapman Crafted Beer in Orange, California. Chapman Crafted Beer is one of the several thriving businesses owned by Mr. Will D. We will be sitting down to ask Will to tell us about Chapman Crafted Beer and his leading role here in the Orange Circle. Then we are going to sample some of the tasty beers that he, he and his team brew here so we can tell you all about it and get you down to Old Town Orange to visit the Chapman Tap Room and sample some beers for yourselves. Each episode, we like to bring you some news and notes from the world of craft, and beer, uh, craft beer and brewing. We call it the Hollywood Growler Headline. Here's Dan with this
1: week's story. Thank you, Connor. Thursday, March 21st, 2019, Miller Coors filed suit in federal court alleging that Anheuser-Busch InBev misused the Miller Lite and Coors Lite trademarks in making false advertising claims during the Bud Light Super Bowl campaign. The lawsuit alleges that when Bud Light emphasized the use of corn syrup in Miller Lite and Coors Lite, that it was because research has shown that consumers do not understand the difference between corn syrup, and quote, high fructose corn syrup, which is an additive that has been linked to obesity. The lawsuit also alleges that Anheuser-Busch InBev is claiming transparency through the advertising campaign while failing to tell consumers that it, in fact, uses corn syrup and even high fructose corn syrup in some of its adult beverages. Both Miller and the corn industry believe that, quote, this deliberate deception is bad for the entire beer category. According to Miller uh, spokesperson Marty Maloney, speaking to Amelia Lucas of CNBC. Miller Coors is seeking an injunction to put a halt to the advertising campaign as well as attorney's fees. Meanwhile, Anheuser-Busch InBev denies any wrongdoing and says that it has no intent to change the advertising for Bud Light. That is this episode's Hollywood Growler headline. Connor?
0: Well, I guess uh, some stories are lighter than others. Uh, For updates on this story and all your Hollywood Growler headlines, you can follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Growler and you can find us at hashtag Hollywood Growler and also on Instagram and all your other favorite social media platforms.
1: Connor and I are here today at Chapman Crafted Beers with owner Will D. Thank you for sitting down with us today. Thanks for having me. We'll be tasting some of the crafted beers that you produce here in just a little while, but first we want to know all about you and Chapman Brewing and all of the uh, other businesses that you run here in Orange. Tell us about the brewery first. And then uh, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about Haven and Provisions.
2: Um, yeah. So uh, Chapman Crafted Beer um, developed out of a another concept that I owned in uh, Pasadena a few years back, um, where I got in connection with uh, Brian Thorson, which is uh, our head brewer and my partner here. Um, as well as my best friend, uh, Randy Nelson. So uh, the three of us, when uh, I got out of Pasadena and sold, sold off that concept, it ended up being that uh, we decided to start a production brewery. Figured that going along uh, with, with Brian and the great skill that he has in producing beer, uh, as well as my connections in the craft beer industry, Uh, It seemed to be like a great match and a a great way to put together something great. So we started looking around and uh, the great city of Orange. uh, There was a a fantastic location uh, right in Old Town uh, near my two other concepts that you had uh, mentioned. Uh, So Old Town Orange has a historic plaza district, uh, which is technically a square but everybody calls it the circle because um, <laughs> there's a roundabout in it uh, but it is uh, a fantastic place to live and uh, work and uh, raise a family which I'm doing uh, all those things and uh, yeah found a great spot communicate with the city um, got this up and running and uh, put together a great facility so
1: the, um the facility itself is really nice you have um Uh, I guess sort of a large warehouse area that's been refurbished Uh, part of it is now the warehouse and the brewery and then uh, you have uh, a tasting room and then uh, sort of a a rec room that's connected to that um, where you have uh, some uh, cornhole and uh, ping pong and foosball you also have um, a really great panel truck here in the room that we're sitting in which I understand has a, a little bit of history behind it why don't you tell us about that
2: Sure, yeah, the facility itself is about uh, 14,000 square feet. Uh, about five of it ends up being patio, but um, when we first got the space, there was an interesting uh, part where they, none of them were, they're connected by touching each other, but you couldn't walk between them from the inside. There's no doors? Uh, There's no entryways or uh, guides through it, so uh, all those were cut in place. <laughs> And uh, two of those structures actually were slated to be torn down um, before we came along. So kind of saving those two structures, putting a a walk-in cooler inside one of them, which you can't tell from the outside, and then um, moving eventually the taste room inside the other. But it required cutting, uh, let's see, I think it was five uh, cuts, cut a door uh, cut doorways into center blocks. So it's an interesting uh in, interesting process. So a lot of structural stuff. So by doing that, uh generating out like the, the future plans, uh we're we're probably only maybe about halfway about what this place will finally look like. Uh, I know other breweries uh, uh start off with the grand plan and uh they they start off that way. We did it a little differently. Uh, My business partner and I are, um, we have, uh, we're self-funded the project, so it's one of those things that these, you know, we're not looking to kind of leverage ourselves out more than we can go. Mm -hmm. Um, At least that was the uh, idea in the start. But um, going to a 56 Chevy panel that I acquired from my dad on a trade uh, when he was moving up to uh, Washington area. Uh, I had a full custom Volkswagen since I was a kid and uh, he had this truck that he'd only partially done some work on. So I had said to him, um, hey, why don't you, uh, you really like that, why don't you take that and I'll take the truck and figure it out. So turned it into a beer dispensing truck and uh, that kind of rest of this history. Um, we um, had that finished up a couple days before we launched our brand which was at the, uh, the brewery out of Placentia. Uh, mm. It was their anniversary party. And uh, we were invited to be there to pour. And uh, we rolled up with the truck. And uh, right when we got there, we turned on all our social media, um, had our uh, website live and, uh, yeah, that's, that's was the start of uh, Chapman Crafted Beer. That's, oh, that's,
0: that's great. Yeah, I, I didn't even notice that it had the tap handles on the side of it there. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, You're it, able to just roll around and be yeah. like,
2: we're ready to go. It's so. got a gas blender in it and everything. It's a little kind of roller conveyor belt thing. So the yeah. kegs kind of slide in there so you don't have to like try to move a keg inside a truck like that. That's You can't awesome. really stand up in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do you take that to all events that you guys produce your beer out or is it just kind of like special sort of occasion
2: we um, we attempt to uh, not every uh, place can accommodate a uh, dispensing vehicle and uh, it, it doesn't it's traveled pretty far it's quite a few miles uh, the past uh, I think, three years we have uh, sponsored the Great American Beer Festival as being one of the brewery sponsors and uh, we have brought our, uh, brought that truck, and I have towed it over the Rockies. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, you didn't drive it to the Rockies. No, no. <laughs> that, that's uh, three, three on the tree, and uh, you definitely have to double clutch it going into second, so that's <laughs> just the way it works. But uh, yeah, it's, it's happening every single year. There has been some Mishap that has been pretty uh, crucial uh, to our lives Uh, when my business partner and I have driven out there. Yeah, it's there's been some uh, straps that have snapped and some um, uh, toe balls that have uh, un uh, or that have loosened. And uh, yeah, it's uh, thinking back on it, uh, it was uh, pretty uh, pretty sketchy, but uh, nothing some duct tape can't handle. Oh my
0: gosh. It, sound,
1: yeah, no, it sounds uh, like an
2: adventure to say at least yeah, yeah I was. almost
1: drove off a mountain one time in the Ozarks I can only imagine towing something uh towing something like that up and down the
2: rockies yeah it's uh, about two tons holy t- sh- as well so yeah that's uh yeah that's that's a lot of towing <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of weight and uh yeah um, oh and
1: it's got all the beer in it too which no 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 the no? beer's are there, oh, beers okay, are there. But okay
2: there is there is uh uh items in there that have quite a bit of weight so I think mm-hmm. we put in uh yeah it's it's up there it's definitely over four thousand pounds so it's it's cranking so and then what we have in the back of uh the vehicle as well also makes uh adds quite a bit of weight so Mm -hmm. another thousand pounds on
0: top of that jeez hopefully you have a nice big current uh present truck that you got recently to take it up there
2: um yeah i actually uh i have two kids right now um my uh I have a son that's uh, just about to be three, and my daughter's a year and a half, and uh, I got a Tahoe instead of a um, a Jeep that I towed it the first time. <laughs> that was uh, uh, testing its towing capabilities, for yeah. sure. <laughs> well, congrats on the kids. Yeah, thank you very much. You take them out there to
0: Colorado when you go, or do you kind of keep them out of the line of business I know they're young so I'm not sure how they were
2: here they were here last night playing some cornhole um they uh they enjoy it uh my son we were doing a collaboration Mm -hmm. with Patrick Rue of the brewery uh a couple days after he uh was born and this was the first place that he had uh went um, coming at, uh, coming home from the hospital, which was pretty cool. Oh, that's special, that's nice. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. it is really cool. Um, they don't make it out to Denver, haven't made it out to Denver yet. My wife, it, uh, she owns her own firm as a CPA mm. with her dad, and so it keeps herself pretty busy. You know, there's always some deadlines right around there, um, as far as the deadlines for extensions. <laughs> not, not like the original ones, but uh, the procrastinators. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or the people that need a little bit more time to put stuff together, so.
1: Um, we wanted to say an extra special thank you to you today. Uh, we met you at Haven's Pliny the Younger event a uh, little more than a month ago, I, I think. it was, was it January or February?
2: Uh, February. It's uh, Yeah, it always sits uh, in February, yeah.
1: Um, we had a huge flight of Russian River beers uh, there, and even though you were tremendously busy and running around Haven, uh, you stopped to talk to us about the podcast, you gave us your card, you told us that you would love to participate. Um, you saw the spark and the value of uh, trying to build a, a podcast platform for craft brewing. Um, and you were very encouraging right away, even though, you know, we only kind of had a quick pitch and a handshake. Um, so we wanted to say thank you to you and to everybody else who's participated so far. Um, we've made some really great friends here in the first few episodes. And we wanted to take take a moment to to say thank you for being so generous with your time. And thank you to all the other um, breweries, to, to Bruheim, to All-American, and to uh, the Honey Pot Meadery for also being so generous with their time. So thank you very much
2: for sitting with us. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys uh, offering me out to be on it. I think it's a, a great thing as we can continue to push uh, independent craft beer in, uh, in the region. And I, I think that uh, every, every one of podcasts or blogs or things that pop up that uh, have good intentions on what they're doing, it's, it's, it's valuable and important. Yeah. Thank you. We, we're, our whole point is to just kind of, we think there's a lot of like
0: misconception or like misunderstanding of the craft beer industry. Um, especially for, I feel like older generations too. Um, but going out and just having people like you talk about your business, what it means to you, your family. I mean, I think uh, it's just putting a different perspective for people to see that it's just not dudes just trying to get drunk. It's not just us, you know, all here to have a rowdy time it's there's passion there's art there's you know there's so much more to these type of businesses so we thank you and we're glad that you're able to talk a little bit about yours um
2: i agree i think that that is uh you bring a good point i mean uh i know that we touched on it earlier but um this year is a, a unique year for one of my restaurants uh is that yeah, we're going to be celebrating 10 years so haven haven um uh, Formerly gastro pub, now Haven Craft Kitchen and Bar, mm. uh, is go- is going to be celebrating ten years, and it's it's a great milestone in a restaurant. But back ten years ago, I mean, I signed the lease on the place uh, tax day in two thousand nine, when it was not a popular time to uh, be starting a restaurant or anything else uh, that would be a risky business, I guess. Mm. And in Old Town. Uh, it definitely was a sleepy town and not much kind of going on I mean a lot has changed in 10 years Mm -hmm. but the whole craft beer was not so much of like oh I'm going to open up a craft beer bar because that's not what it is and it kind of wasn't always the mainstay Uh, in the very beginning it was uh, definitely a little more uh, uh, hard spirit focused uh, but every every department had its own uh certain level of focus so whether it be you know an award-winning wine list by spectator or um uh the spirit and cocktail uh selection that we have like i think it's like the one of the largest uh whiskey selections in orange county oh and I, that, I love it in there yeah <laughs> but the craft beer thing ended up having this great organic growth um i had i vent, uh, ventured into europe uh, in the uh, mid uh, 2000s, and when I was there, I got to taste some fantastic beer like pretty much everywhere I went. And uh when I came back, there was uh, a spot that had a bunch of beers on tap, and they'd have some kind of not many people drank them, but mm. you know, that kind of gave me the little bit of a taste of what what something I wanted to do. but to have a selection of something where people don't get just drunk on it, as you were stating, uh, it, it definitely was an easier way to, uh, to push that agenda when it came to uh, coming into a city like Orange uh, and also the clientele in the crowd. It was great to have some people that were more enthusiasts of the product. Um, I, I think that the you know, uh, beer geek or beer nerd or whatever that kind of goes along with it, sure. I think anybody that is kind of like a, a savant for it um, or really goes after it, uh, there'll be all sorts of like labels or whatever. But I think it's just, they're, they're connoisseurs and they really enjoyed it. And then when we first opened the place, I had a couple partners uh, to start off with. Uh, they're all gone now, but um, it's, the great part is having people come in and initially then saying, you know what, you, you guys aren't gonna make it. Uh, what you need to do is put some real uh, some real American beer on um, and
0: uh, what, what what were those real American beers they were suggesting
2: I believe at <laughs> in the intro of this podcast there were some discussions I think they were both uh, all three of them were labeled yeah, um, you know what it, it ended up being one of those things that independent craft beer ended up being the case so mm-hmm. you know we've utilized the uh, moniker of the dedication to craft and that's what I've done from the beginning and uh continually pushing that agenda where you know what it's not so much of a beer coming in and saying well what am I going to decide to put on or not put on as as big beer buys out smaller independent guys um it ends up not being so much of a like a middle finger to them as to like hey I don't like your beer anymore I mean I have one of my great friends one of the great people that i respect uh, immensely is the uh head brewer at golden road mm-hmm. and you know uh when he was at taps i mean he, he's a legend in the orange county beer scene yep, I uh, remember Vic, that. Victor yeah victor novak is, is truly incredible um the product though is that it's not something that is goes onto my list it's not the what aligns my places with that and the reason why is because they don't need my help um, the, that's, that's truly, I've asked myself that numerous times, like what, what is the def- line in the sand? What's the defining thing? You know, it's, um, I was having a great conversation with David Walker from Firesome Walker Brewing. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were discussing this after the partnership with Brewery Oma Gang, uh, that they have, uh, or dual, dual Oma Gang that they had, uh, combined forces with. And that's a, that could be considered a buyout, it could be considered all sorts of different things, but I, I didn't look at it in the same way. Um, Big Beer does a couple of things. They deny access to market, and um, that, that I find is the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. shouldn't say a couple of things. That, that's the biggest thing for me, denying access to market um, and the, the smaller pieces, that the help that's needed at, after that point. Mm-hmm. Having a a big uh, a brand uh, that has been bought out that now has uh, limitless amounts of money to advertise themselves into any market they wish to put themselves into. They they don't need a small like uh, independent uh, restaurant to have them on tap.
0: Yeah no, um, well like I mean there's a couple breweries. I mean one in particular from San Diego that a few years made a huge deal. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing billboards in L.A. And um, I'm like, uh, and obviously they messed with a few things of the certain recipes of a very famous IPA. And, you know, when I was first 21, it was a very expensive six-pack. And I would save up the whole week just to get a six-pack of that because I loved that beer so much. And just less than three years later, the change of the flavor of the beer had gone so much from, you know, them trying to make it like more of a sellable product, and then they sold the company. It was just kind of disheartening because, and like now I don't drink that particular beer very often because it used to mean something to me because of just it, it was expensive and it was expen- expensive for a reason of the product that they put in it. And now, now I'm seeing billboards about it, and I'm like, that used to be something good,
2: but hey, now you, you get what you pay for sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I think that you know we're. All of us in the craft beer industry, are not looking to, most of us in the craft beer industry are not looking to gouge anybody on the products that uh, we're putting out. You know, Mm -hmm. the ingredients cost a certain amount of money. There's a certain amount of labor that goes into it. We have a certain amount of rent and so on and so forth.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and let's face it, you know, big beer can can afford to produce in quantities that drive down the cost a little bit sometimes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, independent craft beer, is different. It's small batch and it's it's custom um, for the most part. But that being said, if uh, you know a giant company wants to swoop down and pay you a lottery prize worth of money, nobody's going to blame you know any independent brewery for that necessarily. Especially sure. if they've been doing it for 15 or 20 years.
2: Yeah, and I agreed. Um, the fortunate part for me is I look look at it and go, I I'm buyout proof. Um, I just uh, I don't think I'm that. Uh, organized enough to have my books, um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, viewable that somebody would say, you know what, this is a good investment. Um, so that's how I look at it as being bio proof. But, um, I know that we produce uh, fantastic beer and that's the great part of it with trying to stand out in the industry. It's like, you know, we, we look internally, not externally mm-hmm. on how we will make ourselves better. Um, And we try to just produce the best beer that we possibly have out there. And I think that that's a vital and important piece uh, to things. But, you know, trying to stay above the fray. um, I said Haven's been pushing along that agenda for a long time, being able to have great products like from Russian River. Um, I think that at the younger brunch that we had it was uh we had eleven different uh beers from Rush River which was
0: that was awesome.
2: Super by the fun. Way. Super fun, super awesome. awesome. Yeah. And uh we had a a newly revamped brunch menu from um a few weeks prior that uh we got to showcase on that as well. Uh doing it two days this year was uh, a little tiring but at the same time it was a lot of fun, you know, somewhere around a thousand people or so uh for those two days coming through to to try some great beer and some great products. Um, I think I, they're doing a I, great job.
0: Yeah, I actually have a question about uh, your restaurant. Um, sure. I've been going there for years and um, love it. Great atmosphere. I love what you're doing with it. But the kitchen is, is constantly changing. Do um, you guys get your ideas from a head chef or what's the whole ordeal with the kitchen there?
2: Sure. Um, the When I was building the concept, it was... Haven, Haven Kitchen was actually the original kind of name-ish uh, Haven Kitchen or Tavern or Bar or this or that. And kind of going away from that, uh, around that time, 10 years ago, Gastropub was a thing in other areas, mm-hmm. uh, not really here in Orange County. So Gastropub made a little sense. Uh, you know, the, the idea behind it is you're supposed to put a gourmet chef in the kitchen. This ended up being a scenario where... Uh, I knew somebody that had gone through culinary school and had, uh, you know, worked at a couple of spots. Hey, you know, let's let's bring him in. And I knew some other people that uh, I'd worked with in the industry. Uh, one of them that still works for me today as like my kitchen manager. Mm. Um, but the idea was let's put out a, a great menu that goes with, you know, these products. Mm. Um, like I was saying before, you know, the wine, the spirits, the cocktails, the beer and that that was like an elevated pub food and that's what a gas pub stood for Um, the name change kind of created it that it's more reflective of what we're doing now but getting back to your question is that um, in 2012 uh, when I had opened up the Pasadena location um, we had moved uh, our chef de cuisine uh, to that location up in Pasadena and those were the people throughout the years that were pretty much running the kitchen, uh, writing the schedules, placing the orders, uh, orchestrating the menu, putting together a majority of the dishes. Uh, you know, we had a couple of staples that we had had from the very beginning that were uh, put together. And, you know, they, they had their changes. You know, whether it be our house-made ketchup went through so many different iterations of like consistency and. You know, the ingredients were about the same, but you know uh, it was always a struggle, one way or the other. Um, initially, the menu was a no modifications. Uh, you know, politely declined, or you know, it was, it was said a little bit more harshly at some points on the menu, and it was said a little bit more extreme on other times. If you don't like onions, there's onions in it. So. There's onions, right? So I would order. I would order something else. Uh, yeah. So in 2012, which was, uh, I'd say a great turning point. Uh, we came across a great, um, chef with some, uh, great background, uh, named uh, Craig Brady. And, uh, for four years he ran Haven, uh, in Orange and did a fantastic job. And we had our best years ever during that time. Um, he, uh, in turn looked to pursue, uh, uh, and further his career and further than he had uh, from that position and became the executive sous chef at the ranch uh, after four years. Very so cool. the ranch in Anaheim under Michael Rossi which is uh, and uh, David Rossi his brother as uh, that's the pastry chef over there and they um, basically gave him a great trial by fire and uh showed him some great things that he didn't know and you know, sharpened the knives on a few others, um, to use <laughs> a great analogy. Um, and after, uh, and about a year ago, I uh, reached out to him as I was um, uh, parting ways with my last uh, business partner um, and gave him a call and said, hey, come back and run the kitchen like you did before. And uh, at that point it was, uh, I wouldn't say a newer vision because it was almost more of like the older vision that kind of made Haven great, Uh, and he was back in the kitchen uh, making uh, the great food that he knows how to, which has been fantastic. He's a great partner to work with and uh, to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So, but that's, the kitchen is, I wouldn't say so much, Seasonal as it is, um, since we really don't have much seasons in SoCal, <laughs> this year we had a pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty cold one. Which we, we, had nice. a,
0: we had a lot of rain this year. A lot of rain, nice.
2: so, uh, so we had a rainy season and a, a chilly season, but, um, you know, a life of a dish would be more about the seasonality of an ingredient mm. and where we're getting the ingredient from. If we're not seeing something that is uh, really looking good, um, then... You know we'll refuse it uh we'll uh kick it off say hey you know send us another batch you know this does not look good look at a different purveyor hmm. you know we work um diligently with uh some local producers that are producing some great products but you know it's more about like where we can find the best ingredient you know hmm. uh, chef brings in or a king salmon from halfway around the world and hmm. um yeah he cuts it down uh himself which is just uh, truly amazing sushi grade, uh, salmon. And, uh, it's the size of this table, which is fairly big for the people that can't see it. Um, and, uh, we'll bring in a couple of them a day and it, it's just, it's great on how much, uh, the freshness and the care in the kitchen, uh, shows on the front side. So we've, we've been getting a lot of, uh, great praise and some great accolades, uh, recently, uh, based on his, uh, you know leadership. And that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's,
1: it's always the people behind the brand that that really you know make things stand out. People see a a logo or a flagship brand, um, but they they don't. I don't think people really understand just how much the people make a difference. Um, we met David this morning. Uh, tell us about some of your guys on the brewery side, and then um, if you could tell us about your your brew house and uh, how many sure. barrels you're doing in a batch.
2: You got it. So. Um yeah, David is uh, David Hall is our uh, lead brewer. Uh, he recently got that title, um, and uh, but he's been acting in that format um, for a, a good click. And uh, we had um, our I'll start at the top. Our uh, our head brewer Brian Thorson, my my business partner here, uh, and the reason why we opened Chapman Crafted Beer. He um, has some great lineage back in 2012, which was a great year. You <laughs> that year before. it's um, a big year, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, at San Francisco Beer Week, which was the, my first time actually uh, getting an opportunity to get up to Russian River, and I actually went to their Pliny uh, release there. There you go. Uh, uh, Vinny and Natalie do a great job at um, in Santa Rosa, and during the uh, gala for the uh, SF Beer Week, uh, I ran into this uh, brewer, with this crazy long wizard's goatee and uh, he was the head brewer at Drake's uh, yes. up in uh, up in the Bay Area there and um, his I guess claim to fame there was that he had um, you know Apocalypse and Aroma Coma were his mm-hmm. uh, beers that he had uh, brought to the brand and uh, had been running uh, was at that helm for about uh, five years at that point and um, they were I believe uh, if I'm quoting him correctly I think they were around 15 to 2500 barrels around that time when he came on and when he left there about 15,000 Wow! so quite an increase uh, quite a a build up but you know there's plenty of other brewers that were with him as well but uh, he was at the the head of all that there which was truly fantastic. Uh, Before that he was um, one of uh, the big three uh, at Trumer, or I guess the the legend goes, uh, uh, they had sent their Pilsner—that's the only thing they brew in Berkeley—and uh, they had sent that to the Eurostar competition uh, in Europe and uh, competed against Trumer out there and uh, won gold over them. And wow. so I'm not—I believe it was a. Uh, a writer or blogger or somebody had uh deemed the group of brewers and he was one of them the big three because it was kind of like this big uproar about brewing this german style pills uh, uh in that competition better than they did um, so <laughs> it was kind of always funny so uh needless to say that is a one of our flagship beers uh brian had never brewed a pilsner when he was uh working for me at haven brewing uh but and we didn't start off with it either we started off with a lager. Hmm. um and it ended up being that i asked him one day i'm like hey man is there some reason that like some contractual thing that you can't brew a pilsner he's like oh no why i'm like oh because you just have not <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that so um we uh about a year in uh at chapman crafted we're about to celebrate three right now we're pretty much right at the mark right now of when we uh, brewed our first beer here in was it March. Yeah, yep. so yep. right Congrats. now. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, um, when that all happened, uh, about a year year in, we uh, came across uh, David Hall, which is now our lead brewer, and uh, super uh, detailed, super um, super great guy. Um, just you know, there's just cool people that uh, that that work here at Chapman Crafted, which has been an amazing uh, thing about about the whole process um, I'm a big thing about you know having you know everybody says open door policy and everything else at, at, a, at a place uh, that they work and in a restaurant it's tougher to do mm. but that's always been my belief is that you know what if you have an issue let's let's bring it up let's talk about it let's let's make uh, make things better for it but uh, the people that have started here at Chapman crafted and uh, continue to be here I I think we have uh, two people that have not moved away or gone out of state or different uh, county or something like that, um, still work here in the tasting room. Like two of our original people, our first hires and stuff, they're still cranking along in the tasting room. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously Brian and then David's been a, a fantastic guy to, uh, you know, brew in the times when Brian can't be here at the same time. You know, and that's been. The family feel and vibe of the spot. You know, we say we're family owned because we are. It's two families um, that you know kind of put put together a lot of the conceptual ideas and the the dollars behind it, and then add Brian in there. It's like you, um, Brian and myself. We have kids. He has two kids. Uh, I have two very young ones. And then uh, my business partner Randy doesn't, but at the same time, he's very tight with his uh, his own family, and you know they're here all the time and. It, it's it's definitely a family affair, which is great. So, that's awesome, man.
1: Uh, a lot of a uh, lot of the breweries locally have uh, have events coming up in the spring that they're participating in. Uh, what's a, are there any big events you wanted to promote for Chapman that you're going to be appearing at or going to be hosting?
2: Um, yeah. Right before I uh, I opened up uh, Chapman Crafted, uh, there was a, a, a good group of the breweries that were in business at the time. So this is uh, 2014, I guess it would. Uh, so 2014, 15. Uh, the the push was to uh, start and uh, have an Orange County Brewers Guild, and uh, that ended up being such a a great great thing to start, and I think promotes uh, the Orange County uh, craft beer scene uh, quite a bit. Um, the events that, are, that we put on through the guild are, I think, really a lot of fun. We do um, an Invitational that's uh, gonna be coming up here in the month of April. Um, our first ever uh, OC Palette, we're calling it, that uh, we're putting on. Um, it was a way to put food and uh, beer together in, a, in an event, which doesn't really happen in Orange County, which is great. Uh, and then we always have our Brewers' MASH that happens around Halloween, which is uh, a lot of fun. When is the, uh, when's the when's the Pallet event? That's going to be in June. Um, June 6th is my uh, recollection onto that one. And the but,
1: Invitational, uh, I think, is going to be April 27th, I believe?
2: Yeah, you're correct on that All one. All right, well, yeah, we'll yeah.
1: definitely. I can tell you that the Hollywood Growler podcast will definitely be out there.
2: Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. definitely need to be there. And then uh, this year is the 10th anniversary. 10 years. Remember that from Haven, right? Yeah. Uh, is the 10 year anniversary of the Brew Haha. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is truly. Uh, That's a
0: really great event.
2: It's uh, Cameron has been doing a great job on uh, promoting craft beer and, uh, and putting on those events for, uh, for the past 10 years, which mm. is great. I mean, a lot of his other events have gone to some huge uh, success and very big events, but uh, no- nostalgically, the. You know, the brouhaha is uh, going to be coming up on the 10 years this year, which is going to be fun.
0: That's a fun event. I actually uh, worked it a little bit when I was uh, under uh, working for Hangar 24. We actually drove um, those big trucks in with the tap handles on the side, and I was working the event. And It's fun atmosphere because word goes around fast of who's got the good stuff, right? And then you see this competition of... Oh, well we need to get in that line now. And then you'll see just like a huge line at one tent. And then there will be like nothing like a few of the tents next to it. And then at a certain time, those tents will be like, actually we brought good stuff too. And then you'll see the line shift as like people like put out their special beer, but it's a great event. everybody's able to kind of show off like what they got. Yeah.
2: So it's uh yeah, it's going strong and uh, hopefully that continues to, to go and be a successful event for, uh, for Orange County. Mm-hmm.
1: And we talked a little bit about how you're sort of only halfway done with uh, what this facility, what you envision this facility becoming. Uh, what's, what's sort of the next step? What's next for, craft, uh, for Chapman Crafted?
2: Um, on the facility itself, uh, it is, uh, right now, <clears throat> we're, li- we're limited on a restroom, so we're going to be adding uh, quite a few Right behind you, there will be, I think, five. Oh, wow. Oh, that will kind of go into like different stalls. It'll be a little communal ish. Um, so, uh, unisex, that will kind of make it, uh, um, you know, favorable for everybody. Uh, obviously, having a, a changing table in the in the restroom is an important thing. So, um, I know my uh, my daughter got an opportunity to uh, partake in that last <laughs> night. So, it worked out really good, fortunately, that it was there. Um, the space that we have that we're in right now is what we call our barrel room uh we have our uh some of our barrel aged beers that we uh have here and you know we're down a little bit because we put uh kegged up some of them uh but eventually it's uh going to be a little bit more of a curated space to be able to handle uh, banquets and uh business meetings and seminars and other things of that nature this uh tomorrow actually there's a uh, cicerone um off flavor tasting that's going to be uh done by tom kelly of el segundo brewing he's uh going to be doing that here in this room uh right behind you guys very cool and then on uh there's a beer savvy boot camp on wednesday uh, that's going to be happening here as well so again it's trying to push out a uh a place where people can take advantage of our space and try to uniquely place it out. Uh, eventually um, the, there will be a bar in this room that will be the size of the one that's uh, in our current tasting room and then uh, there we're going to modify that one to uh, be a little bit more of a still a direct draw but going straight into our cold box that's on the opposite side of the wall. There'll be a patio that's uh, gonna be off the alley. And then um, we just recently had a completion of a 608 space parking structure that's uh, just on the, on the other side of the wall uh, from our uh, fermenters. So wow. uh, we have unlimited parking.
1: I was gonna say, so that's
2: your parking structure? Uh, not mine, particularly, but Old Town's. For <laughs> okay, sure. so they're it's oranges. It, yeah, okay. Old Town West's parking structure, right. and uh, is what they're calling it. Um, so Old Town West has. We're on the west leg of Old Town, and uh, it's uh, was built in uh, cooperation with uh, OCTA, um, and it's meant for. Uh, was built for commuters uh to be able to utilize it but after 9 a.m pretty much the entire any available spots are available for anybody uh until midnight so for our hours of operation it is uh open for everybody well that's that's
1: got to have been a long time coming i mean this train station's been here a
2: lot longer than the parking structure and parking. It was, it's been 10 years in the making, yeah. actually, which is 10 years Jeez. again. There um, you go. So yeah. 10 years ago, uh, the number today. Yeah, the council uh, started on the project, and it finally came to fruition. Was finally uh, finished uh, only just a few weeks ago. So, oh. it's been really fantastic to be able to have that. We have, we obviously have our own parking lot, but that's uh, you know five five parking spaces. One's ADA, and uh, pretty much uh, that great. Uh, 5,000 square foot yard is uh, works out really well during the Orange International Street Fair that we have here or our anniversary uh, Old Town Block Party that we throw each year which is garnering even uh, it's gotten bigger by a couple hundred people each year that we've done it so you guys are you
1: guys are right in the middle of everything here here in the Orange Circle Mm -hmm. Um, on the one hand that's great because there's so much foot traffic and so many people but there's got to be it has got to be times where that's a, a disadvantage, too. Like, for instance, before there was enough parking,
2: you know. Right. There's there's definitely a parking issue uh, in Old Town. Um, Haven has a, uh, a parking lot behind it that's private. And uh, we've now had to hire in uh, parking monitors to basically tell people, don't park here. <laughs> um I've we've we've <laughs> Yeah, we've yet to tow anybody, which has been fantastic. That is uh, good. But it's coming to that point. You know, there's been some businesses that have uh, opened up recently that have a uh, – that, that come in for a short amount of time. So it's kind of like this quick in and out, but at the same time, it's taking up all the parking. And so if anybody's looking for anything, it gets sucked up. Provisions, uh, which is my uh, deli bottle shop on the North Lake of uh, – of Old Town is uh, something that I I had uh, purchased from the brewery uh, back in 2013. I almost said 10, but that's when they opened it. Um, And uh, yeah, we kept the provisions name, it was called the Brewery Provisions, and uh, it was really a fun fun thing to uh, go through and put together and everything else. It's made some changes too. It used to be Provisions Market, never really a market but you know sometimes when you have partners you know there's differences of opinion and you know you choose your battles <laughs> uh but now that since i don't have a partner in that anymore i kind of went to what i really wanted to have it as from the beginning which is a, this deli bottle shop uh it'll go through some some good changes here soon too always looking to refresh that up so we'll be celebrating six years there um this year uh it's fun it's got a portola coffee uh roasters up in the front which is a lot of fun um and uh so a little coffee concept uh goes along with our sandwiches and everything else that chef craig curates there and then uh 30 beers on tap and you know hundreds of bottles of beer and wine that we serve there and you know we're uh, yes we're a, we're a russian river uh account there too and <laughs> so we uh we, yes we have elder uh yeah, stop yeah. calling <laughs> <laughs> just show up and yeah. uh, come and look. But yes, it, we constantly phone calls on that one, which is uh, always fun. But uh, tell, us, tell us
1: a little bit more about your partnership with uh, with Russian River because that beer is in demand um, and all of their, their beers, especially in Southern California, are really in demand because it's, sure. I don't know, it's a little bit easier to get them a little bit closer to the brewery, I suppose. But down here, people go crazy for it and they'll stand online and uh, they will call and, and kind of harass people to try and get it in. So. Uh, tell us a little bit how that works, and and how you've been able to develop that relationship.
2: Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I find that in beer, it's it's just beer. So and the people that brew it are just people. And so when it comes down to it. Um, relationships are relationships and you build them however you choose to build them as a either of a per, as a person uh, a business person or or however you want to look at it um, Natalie and Vinnie are two of the most genuine people uh, you'll meet they're extremely humble for what they have um, their story is great and it's uh, fantastic for craft beer um, and uh you know they're 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 people that you know a lot of people in this industry aspire to be like and uh probably could never uh reach that pinnacle just of how great a people they are so i've been fortunate enough uh in my travels and um my searching for beer I used to travel up to the Bay Area and uh, would get beer from local places and do a dock sale type of thing and then bring it back down here. I'm not saying it's done quite a bit these days uh, by liquor stores and uh, other spots um, but it, it was something that I was doing back in you know uh, when I first opened up Haven and Taco Asylum uh, was a concept that i had opened up uh, back in 2011 as well um, but those things were meeting them for the first time and then the second time and everything else. They're just gracious people. They're just fun people to hang around with and talk with. I've had dinner with Natalie a couple times at Haven, which has been fun. No fanfare, There's, there's you won't find a picture. <laughs> uh, her and I didn't take a picture together. We sat there and we had a great dinner and enjoyed ourselves. And uh, that was the great part is that it's, it's not, um, Things things can happen organically, and I think that that's the best way. That's how I've always looked at it. It's just building a relationship with people. So, um, with the beer itself, um, early on, um, I, I looked at like the care in how beer is on draft, and you know, educated myself on you know draft systems and went to classes and this and that uh, to learn. Uh, a good friend of mine in the industry, uh, uh, Gabe from Beechwood. Uh, him and I have had some great conversations in regards to uh, exactly that, you know, um, extremely knowledgeable in, in that field, but, you know, you get your information anywhere you can. And as I was doing that, we were we were cleaning our own beer lines early on, which wasn't a popular thing to do. It's, it's free by the distributor. Why not? <laughs>
0: if but they
2: show up. <laughs> right right and if they do it if they do it well exactly. so um you know we, we we clean our beer lines between every beer and we find that to be an important thing we do that at haven we do that at provisions got here at chapman crafted these are things that it's an important thing to do because the um if somebody's going to try somebody's beer from a brewery that's in northern california you know um and they're going to have it on my tap list um uh I would want them to have it like it was drinking it there. I think it's truly important, and um, try to have beer taste the way it's supposed to be in the way that the brewer and the brewery intended it to be. So that's, I think, the crucial thing. So I think that answers that question on uh, Rush yep. River. It's 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 a tough one to kind of say or pinpoint it. Mm-hmm. To I don't know if it's a uh, duplicatable uh, uh, concept, but it, it's worked for us
1: well uh like i said it's you know always hugely in demand it's it's i had i had no idea that your your friendship with them was uh less businessy and and more of a genuine friendship
2: i'm glad you told that story and um i'm glad you let us into that that's great good people so i mean they got a lot of great people that work for the company uh bens and um Gina is their now rep that's down here and it's been great to meet the people that you know make that business go Um, There's a lot. They have a lot of people Um, uh, Similarly to to me here um, There's you know, I employ about uh, around a hundred people here between my three businesses here in Old Town only, (laughs) you know, which is great and uh, you know ten years ago so again, I, I met a, a great guy uh, that worked for the brewery. He showed me around their space when there was only a handful of people that worked there. And uh, I had this crazy beer that when I walked outside, I was like, wow, I, I think I feel that a little bit. Yeah. They <laughs> uh, do was, that over there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which was Black Tuesday, and they just happened to have it on tap. And just, it wasn't a thing. You know, it's kind of funny. And, um, His name was uh, Jonas uh, Nomura, and uh, he uh, was uh, the brewery's director of operations for almost 10 years. I was just a couple months shy, but he's now my director of operations here. Wow. So uh, last year we worked together, kind of started having some conversations about the future of Chapman Crafton and where it's going and what the future plans are. And uh, those were in alignment with what he was looking at, and uh, the next move that he was going to be making, and uh, came on board. And he's been an integral piece uh, uh, between him or uh, Matias Bellasamo which was our first sales uh, sales guy, and uh, delivering our beers out to uh, the three counties down here because we we do self distribute still, and. Uh, Getting our beers out to those spots, and then uh, the addition of our uh, our sales uh, sales manager uh, Sean Higginbotham has uh, been great. Uh, I think that everybody that we've kind of added to the team has just been this great and crucial uh, like piece of the puzzle that we see these incremental increases uh, that are. Um, They're just pushing us along, you know, and that's going to help us write the next chapter for Chapman Crafted.
0: So your your relationship with the brewery did that come organically as well as you just coming
2: in and talking to the guys there, or yeah, there's always been yeah, it was always a fun Mm -hmm. one. uh, Starting, uh, you know, curating the draft list uh, for Haven as I was going through, came across this this brewery that's in Placentia, and I'm like, oh, I know where Placentia's at um uh, I at the time I was living in uh, downtown Fullerton so I, I knew the the space but I was like, man this is kind of um, where is this place you know so <laughs> this you know going to this you know uh, business complex and this breweries that's there and it's like this weird spelling and oh Patrick Rue and then getting to walking in and meeting him and then Jonah' showing around at, and then, you know, a year later, uh, the the plan was to build a, um, a provisions-esque spot right next to Haven. It was meant to be a, um, let's put in a, uh, like a waiting area for, that people could have like a, a beer and wine bar that people could wait and get like kind of, Cheese board, meat and cheese boards, and you know, little kind of snacks while they waited for their seat at Haven. Kind of strange Mm. as er, early on, there was quite a few, uh, quite a few people waiting when there was uh, it was less densely um, uh, with less densely populated with restaurants here in Old Town. But Mm. um, uh, right when we were about to do that, it ended up being a problem because uh, there was a, a cheese shop that was going out of business and. We found out after going to this auction of all their equipment that Patrick Rue was there buying up everything in the place. <laughs> and we were competing against him on this, on this thing and we, we didn't speak to him right before that. After it was all said and done, he tells me <clears throat> that he's going to open up um, a, uh, like a satellite tasting room there uh, in the space. Hmm. and uh, he ended up calling it uh, the brewery provisions. And okay. we're like, okay, table that idea. So <laughs> I decided decided not to open up that space because it was be competing concepts. Now, yeah. again, you look at that and go, well, why not just open it? I mean, you guys are food, you know, they're beer. You'll have maybe more wine. You're 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 better at it on the food side. Why not go that route and do it anyways? It was more of a kind of, you know, a handshake deal. It was kind of more of not like uh, he asked or forced the hand. It was more of like, you know, it just doesn't, you know, it'd be better, more neighborly Mm -hmm. to go this route than it would be to try to open up a competing concept right when that uh, is all going along. Yeah, how how are you going to start out
0: in the neighborhood? Like, how are you going to start your businesses? Are you going to like... Yeah, I mean, we
2: were already established they'd be the ones coming in, but mm -hmm. it still wasn't something that seemed to make a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh and funny down the road ended up buying it and turning <laughs> into the concept anyways, you know, it wasn't obviously sharing some common walls, but uh it worked out. That's funny. Cause I
0: I, I uh, used to drop off there and actually at your other restaurant for Stone. I used to be a delivery driver. Yep. And um when you guys are doing renovations for the market, um you found old brewery bottles and some of like there was the a walls. wall, There was a
2: wall. <laughs> there was a wall it was a <laughs> 2010 uh oh it starts with a c and their names are so weird yeah uh, i can't jo- even jonas is in the other room i could probably ask him <laughs> um but um uh there was this pony wall that was there uh, it was it had like a little t-shape and um uh i tore that wall down one night because uh revamping the space making it less kind of marketing more like everybody can eat and drink throughout the whole facility.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it required a license change, but it, it worked out. Anyways, the long story short, as we got to this one spart, uh, part, there was this wood panel that uh, the people that were involved in the business had signed the inside panel and then put a, like a time capsule beer bottle in the wall and close the wall.
1: <laughs> it's a Medgar and <laughs> post stuff right there. Right.
2: So I still have the bottle. Oh you I've yeah, opened it. I have not opened it. Oh, no, that st- is. I awesome. still have it. I have it in uh, my. Uh, uh, wine fridge slash beer fridge that only has beer in it fridge <laughs> at, at home i have one of those too yeah, yeah. so um yeah there's a uh, 180 or so bottles in there and that's one of them right now so that's awesome that's a funny story that's it a great is. story it's Thank a good always, I, I actually still have the panel itself where they did all the signatures and stuff like that uh still have it over at provision so that's cool that's really cool yeah.
1: we'll have to maybe stop by and get a picture of that for uh for the growlers content then because oh, that's def- a good story Definitely. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah i'll have to hunt that one down we still have some of their old signs and stuff too so it's kind of kind of fun so that's cool
0: well it's it definitely sounds like you have such a positive impact on the community and like you said you're very uh, uh friendly with everybody you don't want anybody to go under you're not trying to fight anybody you you just kind of you want to put a genuine product out and you want, if you see that with other people, it seems you want to work with that as well. So. I think
2: that it's the age old adage is uh, i think it's like what a rising tides raises all ships. That's right. Mm-hmm. Something like that, right? If yeah. I'm quoting that correctly. <laughs> um, I can sit there and be angry at life or people or other things. It kind of doesn't make any sense, um, you know, i can only do what i can only control what i can control and like that that one guy like is always in my uh brain i remember uh when he came in to the restaurant was like yeah you guys are going to fail this is not going to work and what you should do is put more tvs and put them here and then put real beer on you know real american beer and i always felt that to be an interesting one but uh my comment to him then um so remember it was that you know uh, I, I appreciate your opinion on that um, the 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 beer comment definitely is uh, you know those two handles right there, which is autumn maple and hot and Roth Berliner vice um, <laughs> are both made uh, just down the fifty seven yeah uh, so as it gets about as American as you can get right there um, that and if I were to. Uh, change my concept every single time that somebody said to do something different, then I'd be failing on their terms, Mm -hmm. not failing on mine. I would rather build something and, and hope that what I'm putting out there is something that they want as well. Therefore, uh, you know, we're both happy. (laughs) Um, and, uh, that's, that's how I found it. it. It seems to be, uh, develops out great relationships. It's, uh, garnered some good business. And, uh, you know, Haven was built on a place that and with the contents of things that I like,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, I like good beer, you know, Um, I like uh, great wine, I like uh, great cocktails and whiskey. (laughs) We, um, we, I think we can food. all relate on
0: that for yeah. sure.
2: So you you brought your
0: originality and you kept true to it. So that's that's awesome to see, man. I mean, you've done a great job here.
2: Thank you. It
1: it doesn't seem like there's been very much pushback from the the residential parts of the old town, Orange either. I mean, you hear about that when when business districts really spring up. The the residents who have been there for a long time have have mixed feelings about that. There may have been some of that uh, here in Old Town Orange, but I certainly haven't heard really anything about
2: it. Sure, there's uh, definitely in the beginning people would uh, question one thing or another. Uh, I came from running uh, some great restaurants in a downtown area, and so I came with some recommendations and some uh, accolades in that respect. So to make sure that, you know, hey, I run a tight ship, you know, I know. I still, to this day, uh, don't pull tables and uh, out of the restaurant to sit there and uh, crowd in more people and other things mm-hmm. like that. You know, street fair is a whole nother animal during Labor Day when you have 500,000 people show up. Um, that's what our grand opening at Haven started that way. We opened on street for a weekend, 500,000 people came to our grand opening weekend, I can say, <laughs> you know, within 15 minutes, every seat was filled and we were three deep at the bar and we stayed that way for three days. Crazy, well, right? But the local community has been great. You know, that's why when I built Chapman Crafted uh, with Randy and Brian is that we wanted this to be a very community focused place, mm-hmm. um, just like Haven and Provisions is. Um, uh, donate money all the time donate our time all the time services and everything else that goes along with it you know whether it be uh, there, we have a fantastic uh, community uh, farmer's market you know there's uh, chef Craig had uh, gone to that farmer's market when it had started and brought in vendors that we still use today um, that he's still using today you know black sheep farms or sunny cow farms um, uh, OC baking uh these are all uh they they go to the farmer's market every saturday which is great but at the same time we use those products um all the time and we continually look for for new ones uh to bring in um uh to our to our businesses so it's like what the city has to offer we look to try to you know to pick it and make sure that it's 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 fresh and it's ripe and it's a fit and you know that's that's the thing there's a lot of ways to kind of go about that and skin that cat
1: Thank you for listening to episode four of The Hollywood Growler at Chapman Crafted Beers with Will D. Uh, Mr. D actually sat down uh, with us for almost a whole nother hour after we took a little break. Um, And we're very grateful for that, but we're committed to an hour long format. So we decided to break this episode up into part one and part two, because we're certainly not going to turn down time with someone like Mr. D who uh, was generous with his time and really had something to say. Yeah, thanks again to
0: Chapman Brewing, um, Will D. It's also fascinating listening to his insights on the industry, his local businesses and restaurants. He really shares uh, his passion and his in-depth analysis of how to run his own business and it's, it's quite fascinating. So Listen out for part two next week. And we
2: thank you guys so much again for listening to Hollywood Growler. Thank you so much, guys. See you next time.